0: Welcome back to another episode of Social PR Secrets. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, you'll find that we talk about all topics related to public relations, social media, marketing, digital marketing, entrepreneurship, and just life in general in the business world. Today's guest is Jalea Hemings, and she is an entrepreneur and author. We talk about her latest venture and also her book, The Untold Truth About Building a Startup. And some of her social PR secrets when it comes to events and the best ways to launch a company, she shares some of her fails in business that she feels are what turned into her biggest success lessons. Welcome Jalea and Namaste. Hey, hi everybody, Lisa Bayer back with another episode of Social PR Secrets. And I am excited to introduce Jalea Hemming. Hi Jalea, how are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: Good. So we met back when I interviewed Jalea as a female disruptor. If you go visit female you see you can see her interview there. And she definitely is a female disruptor. I just know because I've watched you launch various businesses. I've worked with you on a journalism standpoint. Coordinating interviews, and I really admire everything that you've done. But can you tell us a little bit about your journey and where you are today, and your launch that you're about to be doing?
1: Sure. So um, I never thought I'd be a serial entrepreneur when I got started. I mean, maybe if you asked my family, they would probably say something mm-hmm. different because I was maybe I take that back, right? Because <laughs> I'm always trying to find a way to sell something or make something into something. But I really, honestly, thought I was going to go to college and work through the corporate, uh, you know, ladder and That was gonna be my life. But how I got started in entrepreneurship was personal and everything that I've actually done since then has always had a personal uh, start. And that was that my son was diagnosed with autism when he was two. And so I started to learn at that point, the importance of diet. And I was a busy working professional as I'm sure many of your audience members are. And I was like, how are we gonna make these healthy meals every single day? I said, that's impossible. But I was like, we gotta come up with a solution, right? Because you'll do anything for your children. And we started making these healthy meals and trying them on our neighbors' families. And uh, then we started going into farmer's markets. And then we finally were able to get into retail, um, actually driven by our customers. And we grew to be a national brand. And we were the first to make um, healthy meatless meals for children based on traditional kids' favorites. And we did that for about six years and had you know, the ups and downs that everyone goes through within building a business. But, you know, it was just truly rewarding to be able to create a solution that was utilized. Um, And after that, we kind of took a break. We were kind of exhausted, as sometimes entrepreneurs get. And, um, you know, it had to be something that made sense. And I was able, because of my cousin, who actually had brain tumors, to see the benefits of what cannabis oil could do and how it could help when traditional medicine didn't help him. And when I saw the impact and saw how it melted his tumor, I said, oh my gosh, there's really something here. And so I dug in and wanted to learn everything I could. And one of the areas that I found was that there was a, you know, there was a trust issue, right? This is a new industry. The cannabis business was growing, still growing, it's still booming. And there was a huge need for trust and finding trusted sources and trusted resources. And so we created Leaf time to really answer that cause and making sure that anyone who, Look, was looking for cannabis for medicinal purposes, knew exactly where to go to find dispensaries they could trust, brands they could trust, laws in their states, and learn about the different conditions that cannabis could help with. And we did that for about a year. Um, and then we had a, a story when it comes to having an investor that was not truthful and not honest. So unfortunately, you know, leaf timing really get to reach its full potential.
0: And that's um, how we met. We met when you were just launching Leaf Time and you were, I think you presented at South by last year, right? Or on one of the panels.
1: Right, right. We were the first cannabis company to present at South by, So we were just about to take off, literally. And, you know, we can get into that, but we had yeah. a, you know, an investor that wasn't honest. And that's something that happens more often than not. And, you know, we had to pivot. We had to stop. And as hard as that was, you know, we still had that desire and that's why today we're launching Stretchy Hair Care coming up, um, which is a new, our newest venture um, that we actually have decided no more investors after what we've gone through in our nightmares. Um, and that's actually a hair care solution, a hair care technology to help uh, anyone who has pain when detangling and styling their hair. So we're super excited about that. But that's kind of how we got here is this is it's always, is because of something personal that uh, sparks my interest into how can we create solutions to make, you know, that condition be easier or navigated better. So,
0: yeah. So it started your first venture was about healthy meals and your next venture was about creating health and wellness, thanks to cannabis. And now this is stretchy is now into hair, but can we go back to just talk a little bit about leaf time and and that, that experience that you went through And just from a public relations standpoint you know i know when clients that i've worked with you know getting accepted to be you know on a panel at south by is like huge it's like a pr dream even even attending you know i attended the last day a couple years ago and you know it's it's really 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 cool it's an unbelievable experience this year was called off because of covid but can you kind of talk us through what it's like to like that process of, you know, how did you decide to apply? You got accepted, what it did potentially, you know, the investor kind of like ruined things, but what do you think that is from a public relations perspective to get that exposure?
1: So we knew um we had attended South Live before that and, you know, saw the magnitude and saw the visibility from, you know, a PR opportunity that it could present if we could have our brand in our product lot, you know, and have like our our tech solution displayed there and featured there Um, because everyone from all walks of life, all the media, everyone's there. So I mean, as far as what that level of opportunity represents, it's huge. And it's a lot of free PR in a way because you don't, you know, they're doing a lot of, you know, promotion on their own. And if you happen to be a part of one of their events, you're going to be able to get that opportunity as well. So, you know, for us, it was a long shot, you know, like we we said, okay, they've never had a cannabis company there before, you know, we're a new tech startup. I don't know (laughs) if this is like, you know, the the vibe of what they want, where they want to focus. But I was like, you know, what are the chances that we're releasing right during the time that South by Southwest is going to happen? We actually launched at South by Southwest Um, and it was just the right time. So they have, you know, different competitions. They have pitch it, they have release it. We were a part of, uh, we were one of the top 10 finalists for release it. It's just a great opportunity to be able to share our solution with all of the tech giants and all of like the, the industry leaders in that space, and be able to get our message out and be able to offer our solution truly not just to the United States, but you know it's attended by people from all over the world. So it was a real global opportunity.
0: Yeah, what were the connections like? Did you meet a lot of networking and connections? So it,
1: first and foremost, I always love to network with the you know the other. Uh, participants that were also part of the top 10 that was awesome just to see their different solutions but they were investor solutions so we had opportunities for potential collaborations and partnerships there there were media opportunities um, for sure that came out of that and you know just looking at just other ways to cover it. but it was definitely media and definitely there were investors looking at that point to see how they could find the next best invention and in tech opportunity.
0: Sure, sure. I remember seeing the media list of the attendees to South By and I was like, this is golden. This is just like the who's who of every single media outlet you know, that there is. So I'm sure that that was pretty, um, that was a nice opportunity. Um, I work with a bunch of brands that are also in the cannabis industry and it's it's very challenging to market um, in this industry right now because of the regulations and Absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. talk, talk to us about some of the challenges and, you know, if you didn't have the investment problem, what were you going to do to overcome some of the obstacles um, from a, you know, I'm assuming it's going to be from an organic standpoint, but what, tell us what worked or you thought was going to work and what didn't.
1: All right. And so... I should say I'm still in the cannabis space. I'm actually the executive director in Atlanta now for um, Atlanta normal. So that's really awesome. So we're working to change legislation in this area and make sure that, you know, the laws change and so forth. um, on a Drastic level. But um, one of the things that comes, makes it very difficult with cannabis is that you can't market, right? So if you have a regular organization, as I know, you know, and you want to do a social media post, you know, you can't do that when you are uh, when it's a cannabis-based product because it's not federally legalized. So because of that, you are extremely limited in what opportunities you can actually go for. So it's really grassroots is what you have to go for. You have to look for people that have that following, that organic following, and that's one of the areas where we got burned because because of the limitations that came across within the cannabis space, and because you can't go and Put posts out, and you know, um, put do Google ads and all those different things that traditional businesses are able to utilize. We had to go look for that grassroots approach and look for that organic following and people that had before us been able to build up that level of um, camaraderie. And so we thought we found the right uh, partner and social media partner with that because they had over a million followers. We're like, that's great. You know, that's exactly what you want when um, you're launching. And you know, it was something that was not seen by our our marketing director at the time that, you know, while they had a million followers, what was their engagement? You know, that mm-hmm. was one of the hugest lessons that we had to learn you just can't look at, oh, I have, you know, 10 million followers. Well, you know, what's the engagement per click, right? What's the engagement per post to see, you know, really what you're dealing with and really what you're getting and it was tremendously different from what, you know, that big number was. And so because we didn't understand that and didn't have that level of expertise at the time, we lost a tremendous amount of money putting, you know, our eggs in this basket thinking that was going to drive the results you were looking for when that person really didn't have the the following that she touted that she had.
0: Yeah, that happens for sure. That brands get caught up in the quantity of followers and they don't dig deep into the engagement and, It's it's quality over quantity
1: elementary lesson. But, you know, we're really good at building businesses. Marketing was not our strength. And we hired externally for that because we knew that that was where we were going to really need the biggest level of support. But, you know, as with all businesses, you get burnt in certain areas. And that was a lesson I'll never forget. And, you know, we're carrying through, obviously, within our new venture as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. So on to your new, new venture. Tell us about Stretchy and how, how are you going to use public relations and social media as part of the strategy and anything else that maybe you want to share with us. And we can share this in the show notes too, yeah. and the link to the website.
1: Sure, absolutely. So I'm super excited about Stretchy Hair Care. Stretchy Hair Care is a new technology, hair technology that we are launching due to the fact that I mean, I am not embarrassed to say, I cry every single time someone does my hair because I have a tender head or a sensitive scalp. I mean, it's called many different things. And it's been something I've suffered with my whole life. And I've learned that many others are suffering and have suffered in silence because it's, it's a condition that people feel you're supposed to grow out of, but it's something you never grow out of. If, you're, you know, if you have a sensitive scalp, which a lot of times comes with having a lot of hair, a lot of people that usually have a lot of hair tend to have that condition. You know, it's something that you just learn to just suffer through. But, you know, when I saw my daughter also, you know, have the same level of pain when associated when doing her hair, I knew we had to create something and create a solution for her. And my husband was, was like, I can't see my little girl cry. And my, and my older sons were like, oh my gosh, it's so loud in here. Like They were always looking <laughs> to take cover. Uh-oh, her hair is getting done again. And so, you know, in that process, we just really looked at how we were doing it and the technical side of it and said you know there has to be some form of a way to really diffuse this pain and that's what we've been able to create with our um patented uh hair technology it's actually a clip that diffuses the tension from the scalp um so that you're not feeling that tugging and pulling so it takes her from being hysterically crying to not crying at all within like seconds right so there's never been anything in this industry that is actually a tool and a technology to this level to help you take away the pain. It like helps to soften the hair, different things like that, but nothing to actually remove the pain. So we're super excited to be launching, um, you know, the stretchy hair care and the first product is our, uh, stretchy clips, which actually remove the pain, remove the tears immediately. Um, that's our new, that's our first product, um, that we're going to be launching actually tomorrow. So we're excited about it. So, uh-
0: and awesome. Where and how are you going to launch it? How are you going to market? Is it just going to be direct to consumer or how is that working? So
1: unfortunately, <laughs> in the technology age we live in, I don't think anyone can just do direct to consumer anymore, right? So we are gonna we wanna have a huge social media presence. We're looking for those influencers um, through all the social media channels that have a huge following that we can get clips in their hand that they can try and then you know share with their followers their experience and hopefully drive sales that way. Another thing that we're looking to do is, you know, we are going to be exploring again, and now we have the flexibility to do that um, because it's not a cannabis based product with Google ads and social media ads and so forth. And then, you know, we're looking for those thought leadership opportunities um, that we have utilized in the past. That's been something really great. So, connecting to other industry, you know, women entrepreneurs that are in the beauty industry and so forth, looking at uh, just businesses uh that are in the health that are in the beauty industry um that we can go up that we can partner with to see how we can grow our our uh traction with our brand that way so it's multifaceted approach but also direct-to-consumer will be an angle that we use
0: so where can um somebody go and buy them would it be on the website or ecom site or are you selling yeah them?
1: So we have a couple of, um, places where you can buy it. you can always come to our website stretchyhaircare.co to purchase directly from our site. We also are listed on webuyblack.com, um, so that platform as well. Um, those are our two. Uh, and then uh, we actually have a, a phone so they can call us directly as well if they wanna purchase
0: over the phone. Awesome. So do you have any special um, events planned or special things that you're doing for the launch that would be, that has to specifically for from a public relations standpoint?
1: Sure, so we're looking to really share this. I mean, one of the biggest things that we wanna do is bring awareness to the, this condition, right? So we're starting a whole campaign called Tenderheads Matter. So you know we're looking and we're calling all tender heads from all over the, you know, the globe to share their stories. And anyone who shares their story, we're gonna actually give them and gift them with a free clip. So that's one of our biggest launch strategies is that we just wanna hear the stories. You wanna hear what your experience was and share that experience and let people know that there's now an alternative so that you don't have to live this way anymore.
0: That's awesome. That's great. So you also wrote a book. Tell us, a, tell us about your book um, and some, maybe share some tips from your book that our listeners can, can learn from. Sure. So
1: I wrote a book called The Untold Truth about building a startup. And the reason why I started that book and wrote that book actually was because of our first venture, Greeny Tots, with our uh, healthy food line. Um, so we had an investor nightmare there as well. We actually told Shark Tank no, because we thought we had the right investor wow. that would fully fund our enterprise. And then he disappeared literally like a ghost. So I'm not due to the investor nightmare. Um, so <laughs> With that, I knew that after six years of building a business from, you know, utilizing self-funded, utilizing all of our resources to get us where we were, which was in over 150 grocery stores nationwide, that I needed to share the lessons that we learned that I felt that, you know, if anyone read this book, they could avoid and not have to go through some of the pain that we went through. Um, So there's 17 lessons in the book. I call it like the business Bible for anyone who wants to start a startup. Um, One of some of the big lessons that we have learned is one that, you know, know your worth, know your value as far as if you are going to get involved with an investor. A lot of times, especially new startups feel like, oh my gosh, they want to give me money. I have to follow what they say. I have to listen to exactly what they do, forgetting the fact that you are the expert in your business, right? So a lot of times I feel like we lose our value um, when an investor comes on board and wants to make decisions. And I just want all startups, anyone who's growing their business or looking to now uh, go into that capitalization experience to understand that you have value and don't forget that as you can continue to, to grow your business. The other thing um, is not to put all your eggs in one basket. That was one of the things we did with our first business. We risked the whole house, right? And unfortunately, we lost everything in that process and we were able to build it back. But you know, the lesson is, it's like you have to set a limit of how much you're going to put in from your personal capital. Um, and then the third thing is really to understand your competition. You know, that's something that we really learned, learn how they're marketing, learn what they're doing, you know, be an expert in their business, because if you don't see them doing something like, you know, with our application best time, which came before leaf time, you know, we thought, oh, this is the biggest healthcare fair. This is where we're going to launch our business. And they weren't there. It's like, oh, this is an opportunity. No, it's not an opportunity. Why aren't they there? Why is your competition not there? What do they know that you don't? So it's about really, truly understanding your competition um, and what works for them. And then obviously, once you get that baseline, you know, continue to try some other things, with taking calculated risks. But um, those three, I think, are the most important.
0: Thank you so much for sharing those. Um, so we were chatting before we started the interview that um, just 2020 has been pretty challenging of a year with COVID and everything else. And so what are some lessons you've learned or some things that you can share that would inspire our audience.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, going into 2020, I had, we had so many goals, right. And it's about being able to change. So one of the things that, you know, in my, one of the coins and one of the things I talk about a lot is daring to fail up. Right. So I do a lot of talks on daring to fail up because I feel a lot of times we look at our current surroundings and we are scared. And I feel like, you know, one of the best lessons I ever learned was, you know, facing your fear? What is it that you're scared of? Like, I remember with Greeny Tots, we used to be like, oh, we don't want to fail. We don't want to fail. And nobody wants to fail. But we say it, but we really don't sit in what failure really means, right? So it's kind of like, well, what does failure look like? Well, failure looks like, uh, you know, we don't have any more sales and we have to close our business. What are you going to do? Well, you have to survive, right? So you might have to get a job again. You might, you know, thinking about what those steps are. Because one understand what failure is and you're like okay I have a plan then you can get back to winning right so a lot of times it's like we're so scared to fail that we don't take that shot we don't make that next level of effort and especially now with COVID everything has changed how we interact I mean we don't even know when we'll be able to go out in public again or have events again you know like traditionally you would have had a bigger launch now we can't do that what's a virtual launch look like how are we going to adapt so you just have to be able to change and not be afraid to fail and take calculated risks you know, and look at it from both sides. And I feel like for us, that's been the biggest thing that we've taken away from this is like, okay, this might be an opportunity. It's going to allow, it's going to push us to try and come up with even more creative ways to build our brand. Um, we're going to be more reliant than ever before on social media, because I mean, we really have no other option at this point, which is a good thing because I mean, social media is not going away. It's just, you know, more and more part of our lives, a part of our business lives. So for us, that's been um, the biggest takeaway is just how do we continue to push ourselves and, and, and move past that fear?
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And it, I feel like I've watched um, personal friends and associates, people, they are either embracing the change and they're doing a reset and they're looking for opportunity or they're being crippled by it. And especially, I think, The younger generation, like my daughter's in high school and she just graduated high school and it's just hard for, you know, college students and high school students to really see it as like, okay, this is an opportunity. Some do very clearly, but, um, you know, I think that you just have to kind of have a a very opportunist um, perspective.
1: I mean, funny enough, I mean, I know this goes completely off what we're talking about, but speaking about your daughter, and I was talking to another friend of mine because, you know, their child wasn't able to graduate from college, and I was like, this is awful. You know, think about, you know, going back to our childhood. Like, you look forward to high school graduation, you look forward to college graduation and proms and all these different things and to not have that opportunity. And she said something to me that I was a little taken back by, but I was like, you know what? She's right. This is the first generation where I feel like they haven't had the struggles right like as parents we try to give them every opportunity we try to make sure that they don't have any pain and any suffering and so they really have kind of had lived a life through the lollipop candy cane world unfortunately i mean fortunately and unfortunately so this is kind of like a wake-up call and a reset that you know because they've been given everything they have phones they have computers they have every single thing that they could utilize and need to do you know, to reach all of their goals. And they really don't know that struggle. And she was like, this is the first time they kind of been hit in the face that life is not how you parents try to paint it for them. And I was like, yeah, I mean, granted, I still would have loved them to be able to graduate and go through that experience. But I get, you know,
0: yeah, I actually had a very similar conversation right when COVID started with one of my other entrepreneur friends that I've known for years and we both have teenagers and we were just both, we both said, you know, this could be the best thing that ever happened to them because they've never had to really struggle. And granted, we don't want to see somebody, you know, you know, crippled by something, but you know, failure is good and having to like, not have everything like accessible and Google every, you know, being able to Google, Oh, how do you handle this situation? Well, guess what? (laughs) How many businesses that have come out of this
1: experience? Unfortunately, I lost my brother who was extremely close to me during COVID. Right. And so, you know, we were like, first of all, I couldn't get there because he was in New York and travel was not Uh happening. And second of all, we're like, okay, I'm not going to allow his life not to be memorialized right and so it taught me how to create a whole you know funeral virtually and we had over 200 plus people on this zoom and like we had programs and this and that and i'm like there's a whole new business of the virtual funeral right so there's so many things that and innovations that are going to come out of this experience and lack of that people are going to create like i'm excited to see what comes out of it i mean i think there's going to be a huge reset there's some huge opportunities as well
0: Definitely. I, I 100% agree. So have you noticed any brands that you're inspired by what they've done different or been able to reset or reinvent? As,
1: during this time?
0: Yeah. Um, I would or, say,
1: no, go
0: ahead. I was just going to say, or in general, but during this time, so, you know, 2020. Sure. You know, I think
1: brand that, well, I would say industry that's really adjusted is the food industry. Like, have, like just seeing how, I think they've had a huge, and like just grocery delivery to you know fast food and just see level of technology come in. I feel like they've really kind of grown leaps and bounds. or some of them weren't you know probably going to get there as fast as they've had to. That's been an arena that I've really been impressed by. Also the, the medical arena as well with healthcare and just seeing and that has come out of it. So I mean like the now the Zoom life. Everyone under you know Zoom or, you know, I would just say virtual technology to operate. So I see a lot more um, virtual interactions even after we come out of this. So, yeah. you know, I just the whole virtual world has changed, but I've seen just, you know, immediately in the food industry, a lot of change and in the healthcare industry as well.
0: Yeah. Thank God for Instacart.
1: <laughs> I mean, unfortunately in the beauty industry, which is what I'm in right now, <laughs> Yeah, you still need to physically go, and and get those services but in those industries you have
0: yeah but i mean at least for zoom calls and things like that like beauty is still like people still care about how they're looking and they want to feel good and you know to just right. makes people look good too from the inside and out
1: and I maybe mean, it's empowered a lot of people too because i mean if you look at all the youtube like everyone's learning how to cut their hair on youtube and do this on youtube and mm-hmm. kind of do their nails on youtube so i mean i think that you know just the whole digital learning experience has changed and made people more self-reliant to a degree as well.
0: Totally. So I wrote a book, I'll send it to you if, if you don't have it, it's called digital detox secrets and it's oh. just about work-life balance. Like, you know, how do you, in, living in this 24 seven world, do you have any secrets that you can share and how, how do you balance between, you know, work-life and digital? Detox. <laughs> <You're saying> that. <laughs>
1: I don't know if I managed that well. It's funny you say that because we were just reading an article and I was, ex- I was explaining to my husband that, you know, I think I want to try this because I have a habit of waking up in the middle of the night and starting to work again. That's my bad habit, right? So, like, you know, I'll go to sleep for a couple hours and I think I start dreaming about whatever I'm dealing with and then I wake up and I start, you know, getting starting working at the wrong hours of the night. So, you know, I was just reading about something really good for all houses turn off your Wi-Fi router at night.
0: So That's that- a great one.
1: So I am now going to start to do that. I'm like, it's like you're nervous, but you're like, I think that I think that would be good for us. And they said, see how you feel afterwards. Like, see how you you know over a couple of days to see how you sleep and do you sleep better? Because they said that we like it's too much going on in the house with the Alexas and the Wi-Fi and phones and the television, smart TVs. Like it's just so much technology running through our homes in a given day that it would just be something. So I want to test it my children have definitely become digitally dependent more so now than ever. Yeah. We all need a break.
0: Yeah, totally. I love that idea. Well, let us know what happens, if it works, and if it doesn't. I do it. It'll work if I do it. Any, any um, books or favorite podcasts or sources just from an entrepreneur standpoint or a PR standpoint or that you just learn business from, good, good tips that you can share with us?
1: Yeah, um, I'm reading a book called The Sales Transparency. I was trying to uh, find it here. And it's just good because what I like about this book is that I think a lot of times we get so involved in why we're passionate about whatever we're doing, right? And it's like your consumer tunes out, you know, whoever your end user if you go in there and start going on a whole talk about yourself (laughs) at that point, you know, you've lost them. And I think, you know, a lot of sales and a lot of businesses are done that way. And the ones that we admire most are the ones that, you know, find another way to, you know, really drive and bring in the consumer. Like I think Apple is in a phenomenal job. Like I don't think they ever really utilize their products in their marketing. They're always just trying to talk about an experience a feeling and, um, that's like a recent book that I'm reading now, just looking at how we approach even our launch with stretchy hair care. So it's not so much about our product. It's more about getting their emotions involved and, you know, what is important to our end user.
0: And what, what's the name? The sales transparency? Yep. Okay. We'll have to look that up. Well, if you want more of Julia Hemmings, you can just Google her because I was watching a bunch of your interviews on YouTube from all different, um, all different um, interviews that you did, or you can check out stretchyhaircare.co or giliahhemmings.com. Is it that com?
1: Yeah, it's giliahhemmings.com.
0: So um, any other places that we can look you up and find anything that we should look for or follow you?
1: Um, so I actually have two podcasts, which I really love to um, promote as well. And that is the untold truth about building a startup, because I feel like it's just other founders telling their story, hearing their journey. Um, so, and just, you know, in business and in life, so, um, you can access that on iTunes podcasts or Google play podcast or Spotify. Um, and then the green Nile, because that's all about healing with cannabis. And I'm always going to be passionate about that. And so it has people telling their stories, whether they're veterans, PTSD, cancer, and how they've been able to heal themselves. So the green Nile podcast and the Untold Truth,
0: those are two other Okay, perfect. Well, we'll definitely put that in the show notes too. So everybody will have the link. And any other words of wisdom you want to share before we wrap it up? Um,
1: mine is always dare to fail up. You know, so I point failure as fear, uh, fearlessly living, fearlessly aiming in leadership until radical excellence. I'll say that again, fearlessly aiming in leadership until radical excellence. And I think all of our lives, failure has been something that we've been running away from. You know, you don't want to get bad grades, but it's those people who are willing to push the limits. That really are the ones that have created the innovations that we still are dependent on today. So I always encourage all founders, all women founders especially. There's such an extra layer there, mom founders as well, to just dare to fail up. And you know, the worst thing is, is that you know you have to start again, or you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. i I've, <laughs> I've done that so many times, and every time I come back stronger. So
0: those are great words of wisdom. Great social PR secrets too. So. Jalea, thank you so much for joining us. I really enjoyed this. And hopefully you'll come back and share with us the digital detox secret and how it worked with the turning off the Wi-Fi. I I can't. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, great. If you would like to get a free chapter of Social PR Secrets, go to socialprsecrets.com slash free.